On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we are recapping the KU-Texas game. Things didn't go so well for KU. 40-14, no Jalen Daniels. We're talking all about it on this edition of Locked on Jayhawks. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Eric Johnson, you can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. We are recapping the KU football game, losing 40-14 to Texas. No Jalen Daniels. Obviously, a, a big-time loss, top 25 matchup and everything. We're going to talk plenty about it. Go to the game. What's next for KU? Uh, apologies, I am on the road. I was down at the game. I was I was in Austin for the game, so uh, not my normal studio setup here or my normal mic-quality uh, studio audio. So bear with us for today, but I wanted to get this out to you as soon as possible. First, this episode of the show, though, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started today. So KU loses 40 to 14 to Texas in a top 25 showdown in Austin. Uh, I, I think one thing's apparent. Texas is the better team. They could have won this game by even more. Now, at the same point in time, Kansas could have been a lot more competitive very easily. It's it, it's a weird game where you can walk away, like if you're Texas, being like, we could have won by a lot more. If you walk away, if you're Kansas, you're like, we could have lost by a lot closer. Uh, think about it this way. Kansas won, or Texas won 40-14. Texas missed two field goals, albeit long field goals, right? But you're not going to make every long field goal. Uh, they had a turnover at the end of the half on the interception. Uh, KU had that fumble that Texas could have easily, you know, maybe recovered or maybe doesn't get run in for a touchdown by Daniel Hyshaw. Texas led 661 to 260 in yards. They out-yarded you by over 400 yards. Texas was a better team. We, we don't need to argue about that. Kansas needed some things to go their way to compete or win a game like this. And actually, a few of those things kind of happened. Like early in the game, you were like, oh, wow, they have that pick at the end of the first half. You stop them a couple times to field goals on Ben, don't break, break drives. You have the, the bounce go your way on the fumble touchdown. Those are the things that you kind of, especially without Jalen Daniels, needed to have happen to try to win a game like this. And they did kind of happen. So it almost felt like, hey, this is kind of the recipe for doing that. Um, so on one hand, you almost view it and you're like, man, if Jalen Daniels plays in that game, because it was a struggle for Jason Bean, maybe they're up at halftime. Maybe it's 21-13 Kansas at halftime. Maybe it's 14-13 Kansas at halftime. And maybe the second half is different. Maybe Texas starts feeling the pressure a little bit more and things are a little bit different. Or maybe it wouldn't have mattered and, and maybe Jalen Daniels is the difference between you losing 40 to 28. Or if some of the bounces didn't go your way, maybe they win 55 to 14, right? It was kind of a weird game where you could argue a lot of different things. But it's clear how big of a difference there was with Jason being to Jalen Daniels. And, you know, I do feel bad because Jason Bean gets thrown in there and he didn't learn he was the starter till you know, the day of the game, what, like an hour before the game, maybe, that he knew he was going to be the starter. And on one hand, you're, uh, what, fifth, sixth-year player in college football. You're a veteran player. 
You always hear good backups need to prepare like they are the starter to where you are a part of that game plan. At the same point in time, it's human nature maybe not to be as prepped or ready in that situation. And from a game planning perspective, from what the coaches are planning, it's a different game plan and different play calls about what you can do with Jason Bean versus Jalen Daniels. So being thrown in last minute obviously hurts you and makes it a lot tougher on offense. And KU entered in this game first in the Big 12 and one of the best marks. They actually might have been number one in the entire country. I can't remember. They were over 60% on third downs coming into this game. First in the Big 12. They went 0 for 8 on third down. If you count the fourth downs, they were 0 for 10 on third and fourth downs against Texas. There's the game right there. That perfectly encapsulates the difference between Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean. And yes, part of that is just Texas has a good defense and they're going to stop you on more third downs than you know, uh, Nevada or Illinois or BYU is. But still, you'd like to think that's a lot different with Jalen Daniels in the game. Uh, that a healthy Jalen Daniels probably puts KU up that they're winning that game at the end of the first half. And maybe it is a different situation from there. And, you know, again, like I, I still think that if Jalen Daniels plays this game, Texas to me still wins the game. But the difference of a healthy Jalen Daniels playing is it's a more competitive game. And it is a game where instead of it just being a blowout, the final 20 to 25 minutes of the game, you're kind of hanging around there, right? Like maybe it's closer to when you played at Oklahoma last season where you couldn't stop Oklahoma when you played them in Norman last year. They couldn't really stop you either. So you stayed within sort of being in, in striking distance, right? Like that could have been how the game went last night, which would have made you feel a lot better, right? If you lose on the road against Texas by 10 points, you're probably staying in the top 25 and you're feeling a little bit better about things. Um, Texas did whatever they wanted to on offense, 325 yards passing, 336 yards rushing. They did whatever they wanted. KU defense did at least, you know, have a couple opportunities where they forced maybe a turnover or bent, but didn't break or forced a missed field goal. And you give them credit for that, that that on its own, at least was an improvement. Like you still were at least 15 points better than you were in the matchup last year. So, you know, it, it wasn't a good performance at all, but I, I guess it was better. It was improvement. Um, Kansas did a few things well on offense. It was just too inconsistent. Maybe if Bean does have that whole week to prep, it's a little bit better. But we've known the difference is clear uh, between Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean. With Jalen Daniels, you get a better runner between the teeth of the defense. You get a more physical runner. You get a runner who's more willing to take hits. You get one who's better at just reading the, the defense, whether it's uh, throwing the football or reading the option. There are a couple screenshots out there about when Jay, Jason Bean like gave a ball off or, or pitched it too early or something when he shouldn't have done that and would have led to a big like the, the the play on third down and one before they got stopped on fourth and one at their own end. If Jason Bean keeps the ball instead of giving it off, it might be a touchdown. Seriously, I was talking to a friend of mine who is a Texas fan, and he he was saying that live. He was like, I don't know why he gave that ball off. I thought he could have scored, honestly. Like we well, had two DBs over there, and he might have just been able to outrun him. At the very least, you're getting a first down. Um, so you see some of the shortcomings and this was unfortunate too, because when Jason Bean is on his game, I actually saw a couple good, uh, comparisons. So I apologize, apologize for who made these comparisons that I, I can't uh, remember who said these one person compared Jason Bean, that he was like a home run hitter in baseball. You know, he had the long ball to Trevor Wilson, you hit a home run, but there are a lot of strikeouts. You don't have a lot of singles and doubles in there that are converting third downs or making long drives where you're going to keep your, your defense off the field and give them rest. Cause there was, you know, defense probably tired. It was a hot day. You get outplayed by, you know, they have over 80 plays. You have like 50 and part of that defense couldn't get off the field. Also part of it, offense couldn't stay off the field, right? It wasn't complimentary football. Um, but another one was that Jason Bean is like the David McCormick of KU football. Like he's going to do some good things, but also there are going to be a lot of times where you're just like, oh, but just make the simple play. Like it's right there. Right. 
And you see some of those differences, and this wasn't just the difference between Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean. This was a really bad Jason Bean game, right? Like, you look at the total QBR, and again, part of it, Texas, again, good defense. You look at total QBR, this is one of the worst games that he's had as a Kansas quarterback. It's worse than any game he had last year as a quarterback. So not only did you have the difference of having Jalen versus Jason, you had a bad Jason Bean game. And again, part of that could have just been the lack of prep. Now, from a standpoint where this loss puts you, you go two and one in the next three games, and you'll still be thought of as being like, eh, maybe they're a big 12 dark horse title contender still even then. Because going into the bye week, at that point, you would be, or I guess that includes the OU game. So after the bye week, you would be six and two. You know, that still at least puts you in the conversation. Uh, if you go one and two in the next three games, you're still being looked at as a bowl team but you're in the same spot you were last year when you were five and three. And, and we're going to have questions about, okay, well, where is this team realistically? Are they only a seven win team, right? If you go on three, it's going to be extremely disappointing. But if Jalen Daniels is injured for longer term, that becomes more of a, not likely, but a possible situation. And that is a little bit scary, right? Jason Bean has one win against power five opponent in his, uh, I, I don't know how many games he started, what he started nine or 10, his first year something like that. Uh, with Kansas, then you're looking at last year, he started, what, three, four games and, and now getting the start here, right? So, I mean, it's tough. And uh, a lot of it is just going to depend on Jalen Daniels' health, which as much as you lost by, Jalen Daniels' back injury is by far the biggest negative of this game because it played out the exact scenario you have worried about most um coming into this game, coming into this season when he had the injury over fall camp, when he missed the Missouri State game, the biggest concern wasn't that he missed the Missouri State game. The biggest concern was that, is this indicative, is this symbolic, that at any point this season, the back could flare back up and cause him to miss a game. And this got taken to the extreme because it was literally on game time and became a last-minute thing. That now you're never really going to have peace of mind again in another game this season that Jalen Daniels, like even if we get to Saturday and you haven't heard anything about it, and, and part of it too is, you know, we're not going to really hear about it much from the coaches. Uh, you're going to get to game time and be like, all right, who's the starter? And that's uh, kind of an unfortunate thing that you have to deal with. And it sucks. It's not something that Jalen's choosing, and, and it's unfortunate because he's such a good player, but it is the reality of it that this is kind of going to be how it goes the rest of the way. And it is a significant difference in terms of when KU has Jalen versus Jason and how many wins they can have, how successful they'll be offensively, and, and where this season ultimately ends up. All right, uh, we're going to get to our goats of the game. First, this episode of the show is brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, and they've changed the non-alcoholic beer game kind of like our game changer of the week. I guess there's two ways I can go with this with our game changer of the week. Uh, one would be the positive. The almost game changer of the week was when Jason Bean threw the deep ball to Trevor Wilson for the touchdown, gets KU back within it. It's 20 to 14 all of a sudden, maybe the Cornell Wheeler interception at the end of half. But unfortunately, things didn't go well from there. You were outscored uh, 20 to zero uh, from then on. So I guess the game changer of the week would have to be a negative since you lost by 26. It was probably when you did not convert that fourth and one. I actually agreed with the call. You're, you're an underdog down by six on the road. Your offense is struggling. You have to get on the field. Your defense is dead tired. I agreed with the call. Um, I even don't have a problem with the, uh, the the play call itself. I think it was just executed poorly, not just the fourth down, but the third down, and that changed the game from there. Texas had all the momentum. They get a short field, short touchdown, and 
Uh, from there, it just felt like it was over. Uh, Athletic Brewing Company's brews are great tasting and award-winning. They beat out full-strength beers in global competitions. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and more. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first order online. That's code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company fit for all times. On our goats of the game, let's start with the good goats here. I actually thought the KU run game was pretty solid. Five yards per carry against a good Texas defense. Uh, Daniel Highshaw, Devin Neal, both over 40 yards rushing. Just didn't stay on the field long enough for either to really get momentum or to see the total yards go up for either guy. Highshaw actually had a pro football focus grade at 79. That was best of the KU offense. And, and I think part of this, too, is that, you know, they, they had a uh, uh, 120 something rushing yards, five yards per carry. But if you stay on the field longer, that number's going up. If Jason Bean does a better job reading the option, I think you easily hit 150. Maybe you even get to 200 rushing yards against a solid defense. I actually thought the running game was uh, pretty good for KU. Dominic Pooney gets a good goat here. 77 team pass block grade for him. 66 run block grade. He had the best on the team pass blocking grade uh, among offensive linemen. He was the best run blocker. Uh, Michael Ford was actually second in both, so I'll give him a good go, too. He was 74 in pass block, 64 in run block, so he gets a, a good go here. Um, KU pass rush was actually good, led by Austin Booker and Jeremy Robinson. They didn't always – maybe this would be pass rush without actually bringing him down. There were a couple times Quinn Ewers was able to escape away and avoid a sack. I think you only end up with, like, two sacks in the game. Uh, but the pass rush was actually good. Uh, Austin Booker, Jeremy Robinson, good pass rush games. Booker had a great overall game. Robinson struggled in the run, but he was good in the pass rush. As a team, KU had just shy of a 70 grade on pro football focus and pass rush. That was their highest rated element of anything they did according to pro football focus. They had 15 total quarterback pressures. Texas coming into the game had given up less than that overall on the season. So the pass rush, I actually take away and I'm like, yeah, you kind of played pretty good. And if you would have been able to bring him down an extra time or two, from when you nearly had him and he was able to escape away or step up into the pocket, he would have had an even better game. Uh, but Booker had an 83 overall pro football focus grade. He had four total pressures. Jeremy Robinson, I mentioned, he only had a 26 tackle grade, so that's a problem. He struggled against the run, but he did at least have three pressures in the game. So uh, those guys kind of stepped up in the pass rush, and the KU pass rush was actually pretty good, especially when you factor in the Texas offensive line is really good, really talented. Uh, Cornell Wheeler gets a, a good go here. 85 pro football focus grade. He had the interception. He played 33 snaps. Um, we saw Taiwan Berryhill return to action. I didn't think he looked totally right returning to action. It seemed like there were a lot of big plays that you would look up and afterwards, and it was like, oh, uh, Taiwan Berryhill like maybe overran something or missed the tackle, and, and I feel like he's just not fully healthy yet, and he tried to battle through it, and I, I don't know, man. Uh, Cornell Wheeler looked looked really good, though. And, and I like Tywin Berryhill. I think he's a good player. I'm just worried that he is kind of battling through an injury and uh, that, that may have hurt his level of play. But Wheeler was really good in kind of the limited snaps. My last good goat here, actually, I have two more. Uh, Damon Greaves, uh, punter. Uh, six punts, 45.3 yards per punt. That'll work. Long of 53. Hit three of his six punts inside the 20. Okay. Uh, we hadn't really seen him have a lot of opportunity to punt this year, so didn't know a ton about it. But I think you feel good about where your punter is, at the least, after this game. Um, and the last one, I, I actually had a lot of great interactions with Texas fans. I thought there were a lot of nice fans uh, being at the game in Austin, so uh, salute to that. All right, uh, somewhere in the middle, uh, Trevor Wilson, he had the long ball touchdown, also had the big drop on the third down that you really could have used early in the game to keep the drive alive, keep your offense on the field, so he's somewhere in the middle. 
Our bad goats, though, Jalen's back gets a bad goat. Obviously, this is going to be a problem that pertains the rest of the season. You're not, because of how this happened, where it was just non-existent and it flared back up, what's stopping this from happening any other week of the season, right? It could be back. He could play this week. He might not. Next week, it could be fine all week long, and then Saturday it could happen, right? This is going to be something you have to worry about each and every game all season long, and that's got to wear on a coaching staff, on the players, on the fans, everybody, right? That stinks. Um, that said, I, I saw some people, and, and this is a small, you know, it's one of those like vocal minority things where it's like, oh, it's, it's you know, a, a very small segment of KU fans doing this, but they're making their voice be heard at a loud level. Um, I did see some people being like, oh, Jalen quit on the team, or there was that dumb rumor about like, oh, he's he's purposely missing this game so that he can redshirt and then he's going to transfer at the end of the season wherever Lance Leipold goes if he doesn't end up at Kansas, or he's going to transfer back home to Los Angeles. Okay, here's the thing. First of all, because he missed the first game, he could have played against Texas and still been able to do that and reserve his redshirt because he wouldn't have Texas would have been his fourth game. Second of all, there are no legs to that rumor in, in my mind. I, like, if you wanted to transfer, why wouldn't have you done it this past offseason? You know, why would he do it right now when you're off to a four zero start and you're ranked twenty fourth in the country? That would be the dumbest thing of all time. You don't think that he wanted to go on the road against a top five opponent? with a bunch of NFL scouts there on the road against Texas and ball out. Are you kidding me? Um, and you don't think he actually, he wanted to be out there. You don't think, now I know there was the, the picture going around of him carrying the backpack. Yeah. I don't know. That's probably not a great look. And, and my bigger takeaway from that was more like, can KU not get like a manager to carry his backpack or something for him? So I don't know that that was not a great look. I, I will admit that. But like, again, this is a high level competitor who loves playing football. You don't think he wanted to play in this game. This as as much as, for the team, for him, it could have been such a valuable game for like NFL draft stock and stuff, right? Like he did not quit on the team. He's going through an injury. Uh, can people stop, stop saying that he's like not tough or whatever? Like it sucks. You can be frustrated with the situation. You can be frustrated with the back injury. Do not be frustrated with the athlete. Do not be frustrated with Jalen Daniels. He would have loved to play out there. Um, Jason Bean gets a bad goat here. Nine of 21, 136 yards. If you take out the long ball to Trevor Wilson, he went eight of 20 on the other passes for 78 yards. He had just a 17 total QBR. That was by far the lowest QBR in the Big 12 this week. Scott Chasen reached out to me and he let me know that was the lowest QBR by a Cade quarterback since the uh, Oklahoma State game in 2021 in which Kansas was bludgeoned, I think, 55-3 to three or something. And that was Jason Bean uh, as well. So not a great Jason Bean game. Uh, the defense gets a bad goat here. 24 missed tackles. 24. That's a ton. O.J. Burroughs missed four. Uh, J.B. Brown, Jeremy Robinson each missed three. Jalen Dye, Tommy Dunn, Kobe Bryant, uh, Marvin Grant, Rich Miller, they all missed two. And then you had four other players all missed one. A lot of missed tackles. It was contagious for the KU defense. You gave up over 300 yards passing. Uh, Melo Dotson was targeted nine times, gave up six catches for 76 yards. Kobe Bryant was targeted five times, gave up five catches for 75. Rich Miller was targeted five times, gave up five catches for 71. Texas has elite pass catchers and elite targets. They made some of your good and solid players you know, really struggle in this game. So it's, it's kind of a tip of the cap thing to Texas in that regard. But uh, also, yeah, you, you would have loved to see that be a little better. You gave up over 300 yards rushing. I guess that was better than last year when you gave up over 400. You couldn't stop the quarterback run. Quinn Ewer is not the most mobile guy. I do think he has more mobility than maybe his stats show, though. He's one of those guys who is – He's more of a passer, but he does have decent athleticism to him, to you. But it just seems like every game KU is giving up like an untouched 
20-plus yard rushing touchdown to a quarterback. And that was the case again in this one. And then obviously you couldn't stop the regular run either. Jonathan Brooks had a day. But how many of those runs by – like I think Brooks and, and Baxter, the, the other running back they have, did a really good job on a lot of runs where it seemed like maybe they'd get two or three yards and they were able to fight to make it a five- or six-yard game. That's where you saw their skill and value. A lot of the runs where you know Brooks or, or one of these guys broke free for like a 40-, 60-yard run or something – they were just untouched. It was all about the blocking. And so that was uh, a little bit problematic. In addition to, you know, you're missing tackles. The third and long defense struggled. You gave up a lot of third and eights or longer in this game. Uh, that needs to get better because that was something that, that hurt them a lot last year. And then pass blocking gets a bad go here. Uh, what came in as a strength for you, you were top 10 coming in the country. You were just a 31 pass blocking grade. I think this mostly speaks to how dominant the Texas defensive line and just how dominant Texas might be overall. Uh, Cable Lou had just a 34 pass block grade. Nowitzki had just a 12, which I, I don't know if Nowitzki's battling through an injury or something, but it feels like he's been struggling a little bit more this year than we're used to seeing. And Kobe Baines had just a 1.8 pass block grade. So not a great day for the KU pass block. All right, what's next for KU and uh, overall thoughts real quick uh, to finish up with the KU Texas game. First, this episode of the show brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Unfortunately, like all my KU Texas bets lost because with no Jalen Daniels, there were less touchdowns to be had. Uh, but, you know, we're getting back on the grind this week for the uh, KU-UCF game. You can bet on that game. You can bet on the NFL, whatever. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. So, uh, real quick, I will say, you know, the, as much as Kansas struggled and looked poor and, you know, they, they got dominated in the final 20, 25 minutes of the game, you did hang in there for a while. And if Texas ends up being an absolute wagon, if this Texas team is one of those teams that isn't just like a college football playoff team, but is like a team that is good enough to win the national title, which so far they've looked that way, right? They win at 10 Alabama. They, they don't take care of business here. If that is the case, sometimes this happens. Like. You might think, oh, Kansas clearly showed they're not on the same plane as Texas. They can't be a top 25 team. No, it's possible. Like, you look back in Georgia, Georgia will play teams who are ranked like in, in some of the past couple of years or Alabama when they're in their prime. Teams that are ranked like 20th, 23rd or something, and they'll beat them by 30, 40 points. You know, Michigan uh, last year beat Penn State by like 30 points. Penn State was a team that was a top 10 team that won the Rose Bowl. You know, sometimes the difference between the teams that make the college football playoff there is such a wide gap from them to even the like 20th best team in the country. So I say all this to say it's very possible. We're going to learn a lot this week. Texas plays Oklahoma. Kansas trying to bounce back against UCF. If Kansas beats UCF and if, and if, you know, Texas beats Oklahoma, we might be able to come away from the game and just be like, yeah, Texas might just be a wagon. Like they, they might just be unstoppable. Right. So it is very possible that comes away from it. But now you have a lot of pressure on this game against UCF. Who's going to start? Is it going to be Jalen Daniels or Jason Bean? If it's Jason Bean, I would favor UCF. If it's Jalen Daniels, I would favor Kansas. So, I mean, there, there is going to be a big impact in, in who that is. UCF is going to come in PO'd. They just gave up a 34 to 35-7 to lead, turned into a loss. They've lost two straight games. Um, 
you know, they're going to come in PO. Kansas is probably going to come in PO because of the uh, the Texas game. So uh, one of these teams is going to have a chance to bounce back, and uh, the loser is certainly going to have some stuff to figure out afterwards. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Jayhawks. You can find us wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also like and subscribe to our show on our YouTube page. See you next time.